Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast. In today's episode, Shirley is back and we talk about how to make sure you hit the ground running in September. We take a tour of the SBL role and pick up on all the things that you might want to do, check and revisit before the chaos of the new academic year completely takes over. This might be one to listen to with a gin and some chocolate. Let's dive in. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Shirley C. Ahmed. Regular listeners will remember Shirley from episode four, where we spoke about imposter syndrome. You can find a link to that episode plus more about Shirley in the show notes. But as a quick refresher, or for those who don't know anything about her, Shirley is a school business leader in a three-form entry local authority maintained primary school in South London, and has been in post for six years. Shirley is currently part of the Women Ed cohort on the National College Senior Leadership Masters in School Leadership and Management Level 7 Apprenticeship. Shirley is joining me today to share her tips on how to hit the ground running in September. Hi, Shirley. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you've come back. I'm excited too. (laughs) And it's almost September. I can't believe the time has flown. When I read that out, I thought episode four, that feels like so long ago. I know. I know. A lifetime. And I've listened to so many great episodes as well with people um, just covering such a range of things it's been inspirational Laura so thank you for doing this you are welcome and you are very much a part of that your episode is very popular even now people are still talking about imposter syndrome so I'm (laughs) glad that we could bring that to the forefront and make people realize they aren't alone we all have those feelings oh good thank you so September how are you doing are you ready for September (laughs) (laughs) yes of course (laughs) it's so bizarre because you know I, I think about schools a lot obviously because I work in one and you know New Year's Day in a school isn't the first of January it just isn't you were just so tuned into September being the start of everything and July being the end of everything or middle of July being the end of everything and then you kind of got this this six-week period in the middle which is kind of the I don't know the twilight zone where some of us who work all year round you know SBLs and and site teams and a couple of other bit people um, just keep on plodding through. So I have had some annual leave. Um, Good. But oh, to be honest, it feels like I've never been away. So <laughs> there you go. And of course, there's lots of fun and games happening here. We've got some building works happening. We've got some playground refurbishment. Um, I've got staff in and out. We're changing things on the photocopier. So, you know, it's all good fun. Well, I have to say, you know, just even now I'm not working in a school currently and I still run my time around terms and half terms and school holidays. It's bizarre. I don't think you ever leave it. (laughs) No. I remember somebody saying to me once when she retired, she worked in schools and as a head teacher and had been a school improvement advisor and um, she was retiring. And we were, you know, I said, what is, what's the thing you're looking forward to most? And expecting her to say, oh, you know, I can travel cheaply and I can do things mm. at different times of the year. And she said, no, she said, I want to get a diary that's got cats on it. <laughs> She'd never had a diary that didn't run from July to August. And so yeah. the market, I mean, it's getting better now, but the market was just severely limited <laughs> in sort of quality of diaries that she wanted to buy. So there you go. I think it, we just just completely indoctrinated Absolutely. Okay, so people listening are going to be either absolutely ready for September or running to catch up and make sure that they are ready. So we're going to talk today, aren't we, about lots of different areas and give them tips and prompts to make sure or to reassure them, you know, what they need to do, have they caught everything and hopefully catch anything that they might have missed. Yes, that's right. 
Okay, where are we starting? So um, the first point really in, in my rough guide to September is to remember who I am. <laughs> that probably sounds a bit odd, but, you know, we, SBLs, are really, really good at juggling plates. You know, we've always got loads of projects on. We flip between HR and finance and premises and health and safety and number of other things. And the problem is, is that we've kind of got this ongoing to-do list in our head, which is brilliant. You know, we, we react and we move and, and we flex accordingly. And what I found is that when I go on holiday, I sort of say, all oh, right, well, I'll deal with that when I come back in two weeks' time or in three weeks' time. And then I come back and I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at my scrappy little note that says, um, I don't know, fixed door. And I'm looking at it thinking, well, which door? <laughs> How? What's wrong with it? And so my first thing really is to, you know, give yourself a, a really good list. So before mm. you go away, and I actually do this on Fridays now as well, So because I can't even be trusted to remember things over a weekend, but I write a really detailed list on a piece of paper before I go and leave with specific instructions to myself along the mm. lines of fixed door, remember it squeaks, it's the one on the downstairs corridor, yeah. Just, which seems a bit like teaching myself to suck eggs, but I will forget, and the list is long. You know, we have a lot of work to do. I also include my network password on that list. I write it on a piece of paper and I put my network password on there. And even though I use that password probably 50, 60 times a day, logging in and out of my PC, it changes every 30 days. And if yeah. I go away for two weeks, I can't remember which version I'm on. <laughs> so I write my password on that piece of paper, but I have a coding system. So say, for example, your pa password is normally bananas. And you start with bananas one and then you change it to bananas two, bananas three and so on. I would just write B3 on my piece of paper. So yeah. I know that that's my password because I have come back in all ready to work with my list in front of me and can't get onto anything. It's amazing how fast that we lose that information. I know exactly what you mean. I'm laughing because I used to do exactly the mm -hmm. same thing. And we literally just can't retain all these things. Yeah. It's a nightmare. <laughs> and the thing is, is it is that short-term memory, isn't it? And it's those yeah. long-term, you know, you remember how to walk because it's embedded in you. You don't forget how to walk after going to sleep. But short-term memory is, is the, it, you can retain it for as long as you need it, I think. I think that's what the, yeah. the psychologist will say. You, you retain it as long as you need it. And then as, stop, as soon as you stop using it regularly, it goes away very quickly. So, so is it use it or lose it? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I'm all year round. So I, even though I have a break, you know, I've still got things to review. I try and take a reasonable break in the summer because I can, because I've got other people here that can keep an eye on things that are happening. So that's really important. But also particularly, as I would say, for colleagues who are working term time only, because it's a long mm. stretch. I mean, in some schools, it's, it, and in some years, it can be up nearly seven weeks. And that's a long time to go. And also to come back into September when it is so busy. It is the busiest, most frantic time of the year. And you're like, I don't even know what my name is anymore. So yeah. make a list, make it comprehensive, leave yourself little notes. I like to give myself a little treat halfway down to remind me of something. But also on that, I would there's some critical things that I would make sure that you would think to do. Um, and that's things like setting up the new school year on your management information system. 
Um, We use Sims. I have somebody in the team now that is actually employed to work part of the summer as well. And so she will do that as part of her summer process, whereas her predecessor did that on the last day of term quite frantically and hoped it worked on the first day back. And that's kind of (laughs) not practical in terms of running a, a business, really. And so I'm kind of keen for our operations to be a bit more fluid. Um, And I would also look at things like finance systems or payment systems. So parent pay, um, other apps and processes, they often have a system there for educational purposes that you have to kind of upgrade each year, particularly if they're linking to your MIS. So if Mm. they're taking children's names and classes, that, that has to go through that promotion from, I don't know, children that are in year one into year two and different class names and those sorts of things. So that's me remembering who I am. It's important, isn't it? Because that weird bit in the middle, those weird, you know, six weeks where lots of things happen, it it feels like it slows down and speeds up at the same time. It's just a different type of work, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Um, But like you say, it's also a transition into the new year. So you've got to have one eye on what you need to get done as fast as you can in the the window of time that you've got. And then, Mm -hmm. right, how can I be ahead of the game, ready for the 1st of September? Definitely, definitely. So number two, I've called that leadership and management. And I just think because it is New Year's Day, and I think a lot of schools now have at least one insert at the start of the year, possibly two. You may get a chance to talk at the beginning of September while you're technically still in school holidays. But it's a really good time to review structures and processes and procedures, particularly with your head teacher. Because I think what happens in September maps out your whole path for the year. And this is the time to make changes if you can. So it may be changes to um, procedures. It may be because of outcome, you know, sort of outcomes in your previous year's results. It could be because of some finance issues or Ofsted or whatever. But it's a good mm. time to agree the ground rules now. You know, across SLT, it may be to do with your school improvement plan, which obviously is more of a teaching and learning document. But hopefully business leaders out there will have input into that if they're part of SLT. Reviewing the staff handbook, um, you know, is there S- SBL involvement in that? Is it the sort of thing that refers mainly to operations and process or is it things that refer to teaching and learning and whether that needs changing? Those policies that are reviewed annually. So things I'm thinking about mainly are keeping children safe in education. That's always reissued in September, making sure that staff read it. But you could have other policies that you review every single year. So for us, because my classrooms change, because the class names change, I update our fire plans every year. Mm. And so that's a good opportunity to say, here are the new fire plans. And by the way, if there's a fire, this is what you do. Um, and when, again, we change some of those procedures because we're constantly learning. And so they'll be tweaked throughout the year, but it's a really good sort of line in the sand to say this is the start of the year. And then with staff, really, I, I do a general staff refresh and I know other schools have done this for a while, but we were a bit late to um, this. But we now do an annual staff declaration. So every member of staff, we've gone back to not being paperless on this. Every staff member of staff gets a sheet with a tick list on it saying, yes, I've read Keeping Children Safe in Education. Yes, I know who to contact in the event of a data breach. Yes, I know what to do if I'm working at height and whatever things that you've decided that are going to be your, your key things that if you needed evidence, say, a member of staff had read that, you've got it. Um, And we all know 
when we work in areas that involve HR, that sometimes not having that evidence can come back to bite you when there's maybe, I don't know, capability proceedings or disciplinaries or grievances and that sort of thing. So it's really useful just to say, I've told you all, you need to read this. And then whether they have or not, it's then their responsibility. I say you've said you've made a conscious choice there to, you know, make that a physical piece of paper. Yeah. Is that part of the process you think that makes people, not just from your point of view, but from theirs to sit down and have to think about what it is that they're signing? So I suppose it relates a little bit to your you're managing your inbox episode <laughs> but we send out emails with instructions you know and mm. I get emails with instructions and obviously they're not as important as the instructions I send obviously obviously <laughs> and, but the thing is they're important to those people and the trouble is is that you get so many emails coming in and you know you, there's only so much of flagging and exclamation marking and typing this bit in red in bold in capital letters but people yeah. only have the ability to retain so much and we're very reliant on email. So it's it's just really about, I suppose, mixing up those learning styles, isn't it? You do it for the children in the classroom. You don't teach mm. the same way the whole time. You know, you do some quizzes, you do some interactive learning, you do some group work, you do some talk, you know, all those things. So it's just a different way of managing people and I suppose highlighting the importance of this document. We never print documents. I was going to say, psychologically, yeah. it shows that it's almost more important because it's now it's now the norm to do email. If it's now yeah. something that's different in terms of a piece of paper, it highlights how significant that piece of paper must be. Exactly that. So this is important. You need to sign this and give it back to me. And because mm. our whole, I mean, in our school, again, it varies depending on the size of the school. We're a big primary school, so we have a lot of staff. And that's the only time of the year, that first inset session where everybody in non-COVID times, where everybody is in the mm-hmm. same room together. And we encourage the whole team. So it includes uh, lunchtime supervisors, it includes the cleaning team. Everybody is in that room for like the, I suppose, the head teacher's keynote address. <laughs> you know, mm. it's that start yeah. of the year. And so they, those certain messages are given to everybody at the same time. So there is no ambiguity about whether people heard that message in that session or not if you manage teams and I think most SBLs probably do but I use this sort of time as well about thinking about what I want for them in the course of this year so you know thinking about inset for them specifically if they need it you know bless them the site team will be spending those inset days manically doing sort of final fixes to everything in the building so getting them to sit down and let's do a session on post-it notes and flip charts about what you think about teamwork isn't going to happen. <laughs> so you have to kind of really tailor your your um, your sessions accordingly. So I, I have lunchtime supervisors report to me. I have an admin team, quite a large admin team, and a site team. And I will do that quite differently with all three of them. So the lunchtime supervisors sessions are very much about training refreshers. This year, we're going to do a big push on making sure that first aid is reviewed and that food hygiene is reviewed some so a bit of back to basics mm. and then we'll build on that through the year with things like behavior at lunch times and play strategies and various other bits and bits so I'm clear in my head of what, what they're doing the work I would do with say the admin team is probably a lot more collaborative because mm. they are specialists in their areas and they are trusted to do that job I don't need to sit there and get them to tell me on post-it notes what they're going to do for the next year it's like what 
do we know how can we streamline this how can we make our processes more efficient and actually get them engaged in that process because you know i don't need if i did all that thinking then i wouldn't need all these people <laughs> yeah <laughs> then i wouldn't have all that time so you know it's about it's about leadership and management and managing the people around you sort of upward sideways downwards in all directions you know thinking about your ground rules with your head teacher thinking about what you want to achieve with your teams as well I think like you say September is a very good line in the sand isn't it you know it's turning the page it's starting fresh mm -hmm. but also I suppose if anyone's listening and they have issues within their team or maybe issues within the school that might need addressing now is the time to start yeah you know resetting those boundaries clarifying those expectations and and starting afresh literally yes definitely so number three is, I, I call that plot the year. And so actually we do have a couple of inset days um, because I'm all year round. I will probably do this next week anyway, but I um, take this opportunity before it goes absolutely crazy and all the children turn up and the families and everything is to block out space in my diary. So actually, because it is a new year, it's like having a you know, you have a new diary and it's pretty blank. And mm. even though I use an electronic diary, I mean, I, Outlook is kind of like my, like a limb. If I lost it, it would be like cutting my leg off. Um, mm. it's, it's still pretty blank. You know, I have some things in mm. there that are recurring, but actually we set up things for the following year. And I use my diary as a to-do list as well. So I block time out. If I want to do something, I say, right, I am going to, I don't know, prepare what I want to talk to Laura about in the podcast. I'm going to do that on Wednesday morning from this time to this time. And I will put it in my diary. So I'm blocking my time out. Um, and the opportunity here is that you've got a completely empty calendar that you can really start to see, you know, how much time you've got to do everything. You know, we've got certain key points in the year, which, you know, you've got these annual cycles for SVLs. but Think about when you need to do your SFES or your, uh, you know, your financial returns, when you're going to do your benchmarking. If you um, regularly attend governor's meetings, when are you going to prepare papers? Um, I go to all the committees mm. and I present, I prepare most of those reports to those committees. So I have to plan that time out. I do monthly finance monitoring. So I, I plot that time out. Um, I think about HR. There's lots of things that you end up being reactive with. Um, recruitment, one of those things often because people will resign or things will happen. Um, and it's I prefer to be able to slot that reactive work around stuff that I've planned. Because otherwise, if you don't yeah. do that, then the urgent overtakes the important and it just it messes with your head. <laughs> you know, and that's when you start to feel overwhelmed and you can't cope with it really. So I think it's really great to be able to start with an empty, and you can do this paper or electronic, really. Just diarise your own life. And also thinking about your own well-being and your own development. So at that point, I will actually try and decide when I want to take annual leave. Um, I have school-aged children, so I take my annual leave in the holidays. If I didn't have school-aged children, I'd be taking my annual leave at some other time and going to some very nice resort somewhere. And um, <laughs> um, but sometimes that has to be negotiated. You know, there's expectations in some schools that even if you are all year round, you take your time off during the holidays. I worked in the local authority previously in a school improvement role. And the expectation was I was around when the schools were around. So mm. but get that plotted 
planned in and if it needs to be agreed get it agreed early because then that way you one you know what you've got milestones to aim for and you know when you're getting a break and I think we we're very good at running on empty but we now also know what happens when the tank runs dry and nobody is as responsible for our own well-being as ourselves and then that also links to things like CPD so if I know that you're going to do a podcast or a session or I know there's a webinar. I put those things into my diary. And if I can attend them live, I will. You know, it's great now because you can get recordings whenever for all these things. Mm. But I try and attend all those things. I mean, there's just been the massive benefit from COVID, I think. CPD, webinars, podcasts, all of those sorts of things are just phenomenal. And I diarize all of that. Also, you'll probably be involved in other events. So there's probably regular SLT meetings. There are governor's sessions. We will start planning Christmas, not the first week in September, because obviously that's when everyone's coming back. But by week two. I would say that's keen. (laughs) But by week two, you're thinking, right, when are we going to do performances? You know, when's it going to be, you know, the Christmas lunch? I always like to put the Christmas lunch in with my caterer early because I want certain days. And I don't want them to say, oh, no, you can't have that day because... Some other schools haven't it. I want to do it how I want to do it. Mm. Um, and then the last thing for that plotting is I, <laughs> it's September 2021 and I make a note to think about September 2022. Um, and the reason that I do that is it's you've got to plan these admissions, open days, pupil recruitment, and that's key in the autumn term. And, you know, for secondary applications, for secondary colleagues, that's, yeah, I think it's the end of October, the deadline for that. Our deadline for primary applications is Jan- in the middle of January. But bums on seats drives funding and funding drives yeah. resourcing, which supports teaching and learning, which improves outcomes for children and young people. And so even though we've come back for six weeks holiday and, you know, we're all refreshed and, oh, we've got all these things going on and then it's very, very busy, I'm already encouraging people to think about the following year. So that's mm. plot your year. I think it's really important what you said about the diary and putting those things in. Mm -hmm. And I always say this, you know, if you look at your diary, it's very rare that, you know, something's in there and you won't show up for it. Whereas if you have blank space, it very quickly gets hoovered up by other people and random things that just carry you away during the course of the day. Where actually, if you say, no, I have blocked that Mm -hmm. time, you're more likely to turn up for yourself. And then the other thing that links to this, actually, I meant to say this, um, and it goes back to the um, inbox episode that you did with SBS, is that my strategy for inbox management is just to get to the end of August and move it all. So so (laughs) I start every year, clean slate, with the best of intentions, and I will start the 1st of September with an empty inbox. Um. And then I, you know, I have filing and and systems and I start to move it. But I, no matter how hard I try, I suffer from creep. I am not one of these people that can have to keep it pristine. And I, so I've recognized that in myself. And so my strategy is that I get to August. I have in my inbox filing, it's the, the top line of each file is the the academic year. And then in that I have the sub files Mm. and I have a sent archive and everything that I've sent goes in that sent archive for that. And then everything else goes in all the subfiles. And then if there's a random, I don't know where to put this, because there's an awful lot of emails that don't get filed because I don't know where to put it, or I could put it in about 20 <laughs> places. Um, then in, in that case, then they just go into a, an inbox archive. 
because uh, I know that I can search Outlook to find what I need. Um, and it's, yeah. And I, I do move some items into a, these are important, you need to act on these. It's still work in progress into the new year folder. But I find that works for me. So I just clear down as much as I can. And I start first September with empty inbox. So for anyone listening who freaked out completely <laughs> at the thought of inbox zero, here is option just, B. Just move it all <laughs> and then it's gone, which is probably not the best way to do it. But, you know, for me, and, and the other thing, somebody told me a long time ago when I worked in a different sector that, if the email was really important and you didn't act on it, somebody would come and tell you that you haven't done it. That's true. And so, that true. That, and people do send emails for the sake of it, and people do copy in people because that's what we do. And, you know, we do it because we think people need to be informed, or we do it because we're covering our back, or because we just think, yeah. oh, you know, it's in that area. You're the blue club. This is a blue email. That's where we're going. And, Actually, all of those things don't generate work for that individual. File it, you've read it, you've absorbed it in somewhere in your short-term memory, and then you just put it somewhere else. That's my solution. Okay, so option yes. B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've talked about getting back up to speed, leadership and management, plotting the year. Show What's me the next? money! <laughs> huh. I, I know, I couldn't, do it. I couldn't right. do it properly. Okay. You know, that would be really good if we got going. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what I do is a really big review of the finance. I mean, I monitor every month anyway. I keep an eye on things. But depending on what sort of school you are, you're either almost halfway through your financial year, if you're a maintained school, or you're at the start of a new financial year. And so either way, it's a really good time to reevaluate where you are. Yes, it's only the end of month five for me when I start September, but most of my big purchasing has already happened. So, you know, we mm. buy for September and we buy a lot of things for September in my school. Um, <laughs> and that's how we run it. We have, you know, we store it, we resource, we're resource intensive at the start of the academic year. And that suits the working styles of people here. And so that's fine. But it is a lot of money going through the books. And I think there is a point where you, you do it with your own bank account, you know, your own credit card. You know, you bumble along with your normal direct debits and then suddenly you go out and buy a new sofa. And so that has mm -hmm. a big financial implication for your, you know, normal day-to-day -day operating costs of your household finances. So I take this time to really have a good look at where we are. It's almost at the end of quarter two, so halfway through the year. End of quarter one monitoring for me doesn't really mean very much. I'll be honest. I'll probably get in all sorts of trouble with audit for that. But because, <laughs> you know, you don't often get invoiced for your annual SLAs that early. You know, things just happen. You know, you've got contracts coming out in all sorts of times. So it's a good time now to sort of review the budgets and make environments if necessary. And obviously, again, fresh start, academies, new year, all of those sorts of things. The other thing I do is we've got a contracts register. Again, we were late to the party in that. It's not something we've had, but it is being proved invaluable, really. And I try and do a double check on that. I use conditional formatting on that. So if things are like three months out or six months out, they highlight in different colours. Just to see if there's anything I need to keep in the back of my mind or actually, you know, my, I don't know, my... I'm just trying to think of something, <laughs> something really important. You know, my, oh, my photocopy of leases, for example, maybe mm. they're coming to an end in November and somebody comes, turns up one day and takes them out. 
you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They don't do that. But it's useful for me to start thinking. And actually, really, if you want to give notice on things, because how many schools I know we have have been caught out because they didn't give notice on a rolling contract, you know, from these unscrupulous suppliers. So I, I do a quick review of the contracts register. I don't spend too much time on it. It is a cast my eye. Is there anything I need as a heads up? But I also check IT licenses because I know of an, a situation where everybody came back. There was hundreds of staff in a school. This was a secondary school I worked with. And nobody could get onto any of the Microsoft Office programs because their license had expired. So, oh. of course, they, you know, you can get it fixed quite quickly, but you can imagine the stress on that poor person that was responsible for that, scrabbling around, trying to find out who the supplier was and can they pay and, and will they switch it back on again and all of these sorts of things. So licenses are key, really. And while we're on it, and this kind of goes back a bit to the sort of staff briefings, leadership thing, is, is making sure that everybody runs updates on their machines. Because yes. you get all sorts of, particularly now, things like if you use Microsoft Teams, if you've, if you've got an app, you know, if you haven't done an update, there's all sorts of issues that happen. And, of course, the, what happens is someone turns up at the IT tech's office saying, my computer's broken. Or, and they forgot their passwords mm. anyway, so they wouldn't even know that. <laughs> So IT updates, I also look to update the asset register at that time. And that's primarily linked to the IT, but also because we buy a lot in the summer in prep for our new year. So it's just a good time to be able to check that. In terms of finance, thinking about the calendarizing, and diarising, are you due audit that year? If you're on a cycle of audit, not as a regular thing, do you need to plan time in that? for that now, knowing that you're probably going to have to review some of your own systems to make sure things are looking top notch. And then finally, you know, in terms of um, money is, I think, a little bit about grants and fundraising. And the reason for that is that it's so important. We're desperately trying to generate income wherever we can. But it's something that you have to be proactive at. You have to really work at it. And if you're spending every day dealing with issues, and being reactive, mm. it just never gets done. And because it's a it's a it's a nice to have, it's on top of your grant funding and it's just a little bit extra. So if it's something that you want to work on and it does, you know, it can make all the difference to our children if we can get some extra money to do some nice to haves instead of the basics. It's really worth thinking about that early on in the year and planning that out. So lots to do with finance then. Oh yes. <laughs> well those are it's always the big ticket items. <laughs> Yeah, knowing where everything is at the start of the year because mm -hmm. September, like you say, absolutely crazy and it doesn't take long for, you know, knocks on the door. Can we have? Can we just? I was mm -hmm. thinking about this. I had this great idea when I was on the beach on holiday and yeah. it's going to cost you thousands of pounds. Can we do it? No. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all of that, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely. And people do have brilliant ideas. And of course, they've had plenty of time to reflect and think on it. And before you know yep. it, it's the most important thing ever. <laughs> yeah, Like, no, no, no. But also, you know, for the things that you can do, you know, and just being having that flexibility to know very quickly, you know, the head teacher will turn around and say, I want to do this. And being yeah. able to think very quickly on the turn of a, a sixpence that you could probably resource that is a good thing, I think. And it does it stands as instead, a good stead. I don't need to know every cost center and the balance, but I need to have a fair idea of whether we're a bit over and under and if there's any flexibility in that. Yeah, it's, it's a, a combination of 
cross-checking and bringing things to top of mind, like you say, just to refresh mm-hmm. where you are in terms of your yeah. knowledge of it so you can respond to those queries as fast as you can. Yeah. And I think all of these things go back to that first point of remember, just remember. <laughs> Remind <laughs> yourself. <laughs> just remember what you were doing and who you are. Yeah. <laughs> those things. A lot of the things that you've talked about in terms of finance, I think they link onto, I think you're going to move on to this in a minute, compliance. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned audit, but I suppose there are other areas of compliance that we need to check on at this point in the year. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the role that you have in a school and whose, you know, responsibilities that people might hold for this. But I think compliance is pretty key at the start of the year. Um, thinking, I'm thinking about things like statutory reporting, so your pupil premium grant reporting, your PE grant, um, things on the website, Those, it, it, especially if you're due Ofsted, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, or if it's any vague possibility of Ofsted, because that's the first thing they do. They do the, the website check before they even, you know, make the phone call. They've already looked at your website before you even know they're coming. Yeah. So in terms of statutory reporting, it's just a bit of a reminder, really. And this year has been a difficult year. And I know that schools will not be compliant in this area. But I mean, for example, the PE and sports premium, schools are expected to have their reporting on their websites by the 31st of July. Mm. So that has been and gone. The DfE have announced that they're going to fund that um, grant again this year which is great news and schools are able to carry forward any surplus but the reporting should be there and should be visible um, and I know there's an awful lot of schools that haven't done that just even by looking on Twitter you can see that it's a common problem mm. um, same with pupil premium grant there's expectations that we're supporting our most vulnerable children and there's expectations that we're reporting on that spend and you know for some schools it's an awful lot of money I mean, for us, it makes a sizable difference. That There is actually a new template from the DfE that's available on their website. You have to use that template now. You can't do your own reporting. And that needs to be on by the end of December. Um, and then just ongoing with links to finances, what's your plan for tracking spend anyway? Is your website compliant? We talked a bit about policies earlier, earlier but, you know, you have to publish your statutory policies on the website are they up to date you know some of them might say old years on them mine certainly do for for policies that don't need updating but it's always good to review and refresh you know things have changed Mm. um and then also governor details and i think that's pretty key things like the um, business interest register um their attendance at meetings those sorts of things it's it's an easy fix but if your clerk is not a member of your school staff. That's sometimes something that that gets missed in the loop, really. I think as well, in terms of compliance, something you touched on before was safeguarding, you know, the keeping <laughs> children safe in education um, and that annual staff declaration. You know, some of those things on there will probably be linked to compliance, won't they, in terms of, yes, internal Absolutely. procedures, but also just making sure that everyone's got the appropriate training, that everyone's covered for any special responsibilities that they have or they're able to report in a particular way so yeah definitely think about those things as well and you know we've talked about it on so many different occasions but the sbl role is you know jack of all trades you know Mm. we we are not necessarily specialists in in given areas you know and we do have to be quite flexible but you know the role is about operations and allowing the school to run effectively really and so if by checking these things and having this on our list, it removes that pressure on head teachers for them to focus on the quality of teaching and learning. That has to be 
the way forward, really. And I think that's why it's so important that if there are business leaders and managers out there that aren't sitting on their school senior leadership team, now's the time to maybe negotiate that again, because they can't do any of their stuff without this all being in place. But it's like, the, I suppose, the legs of the swan, isn't it? You know, yeah. the swan's gliding across the pond and the legs are going we're like billy out. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we are. We're the swan's legs. <laughs> I think as well, you know, for anyone who is sitting there and they're thinking, wow, you know, what a year last year was. I'm not on the leadership team. I've worked so hard. I'm not sure I've been recognised for that. Hopefully you've had time to reflect over the summer. And I yeah. would urge you to, you know, put something together, like you said, Shirley, and and put that case forward for what you've actually achieved and what you did last year. You know, demonstrate the impact that you have because it's there, it's visible. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so number six, this is um, HR. And it's a bit of a catch-all, really. I mean, it's kind of do all your HR, really, you know. It's, it's <laughs> Just <a> do constant, it. <laughs> Just do HR, it's a constant thing. Um, but my number one tip for September, and you may laugh at this, is just check everyone's comeback. Okay, like a school trip. Um, <laughs> they've all disappeared. Yeah, and checked, they've like all that. returned. Yeah. I mean, I just, somebody needs to think about doing a headcount and just checking and thinking about people's safety and well-being. Yes. And I am absolutely not joking. I have, I know of a situation where somebody didn't return to school. It wasn't one of those times where they put in a WhatsApp group, that's it, I'm leaving, I'm not coming back. Mm. You know, they just didn't come back to school in September. And... um they decided they didn't want to do the job anymore. They hadn't told anybody. And the people that worked in the team with them assumed that somebody important would know this. So they didn't tell anybody that, that person wasn't there. Because why would you? Yeah. You know, it's not your job to report on your friends or your colleagues. Um, and it just really took me back when somebody told me. I mean, my blood ran cold, really. I just thought, can you imagine if just somebody didn't? come in yeah but you really needed them to do that job you know so actually who takes the register of the staff and I would suggest that's probably the business leader and if you do have a session where every and in big schools it's obviously really difficult but I I have a list and you know I will just do a bit of a cast my eye over Last year, we didn't do a whole school session because of COVID, mm. but we had individual sessions. And I, you know, those first day of that first inset, I spent a lot of time walking the corridors. Yeah. Just checking. And I just kind of just do a, oh, have I seen everyone in year three? Yeah. Have I seen all the lunch team? Yeah. That sort of thing. So, and, you know, we have a responsibility really for people's well-being and, and you know, if someone doesn't come back, I don't know what you do then if they, you find they haven't come back, but at least you know. And then sort of start, you know, making contact and whatever. Also with HR, you get a lot of new starters in September mm -hmm. because it's the start of the year. You know, people tend to leave at the end of the year. I mean, there's always anomalies, but you get a lot of new starters. So just making sure that your induction processes are in place, that they're on payroll correctly, that they get, you know, staff handbook, although you probably renew that each year anyway, the DBS, all the sort of really standard induction things. It just, the volume can increase in September depending on the size of your organisation and how much um, sort of staff churn you have. And then the other thing really with payroll particularly is to make sure that you've got any salary variances sorted out. So people who have gone up a pay scale uh, or maybe gone through threshold as a teacher, just to make sure that those are on September payroll because, and again, I don't know how it works for other organisations, but 
for our school, our payroll provider only makes changes within, I think it's like by this year, it'll be the 3rd of September. Our payday is 24th of September. And that's just because of the volume that they're dealing with, because they've built in some contingency as well. Mm. But if things haven't been changed or people haven't been put on, you could have new staff that just don't get paid in their first month of work. And we know how difficult that is from our own experiences and what a terrible message to send about staff well-being and, and that sort of thing. So if you get a dummy report, and again, our, our provider pro sends a dummy report, usually around the 12th or 13th of the month, I scrutinise that quite carefully in September. I mean, I do every month, but September is a real, is that right? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? Yes. All the boxes. And I assume um, checking just, those that have left have left as well on your yes. payroll. Because <laughs> that's a nightmare. Trying to get money back is yeah. just a nightmare. So that's no good. And then in terms of HR as well, it's it goes back to the remembering thing, really. You may have had some live cases earlier on in the year of things that maybe were rumbling or, or some actual sort of more serious cases. So it's just reviewing those, seeing where you're at and if they need to be revisited. And again, for me, it depend, depending on your school's policy, but I like to look at my appraisal process. Mm. So yes, we have a school-wide policy and we have a school-wide process, but I take the time out to think about my teams and what that means to them. Because they're support staff, they have automatic incrementation. If they've got room to move up the scale, so what's the point of the performance management process? Well, it has to be to improve their performance or your process, really. Mm. So I, I like to think about how that could work for them and how it could work for me too yeah. in terms of objectives and get that sort of in my mind early on in the year. Because what will happen is you'll go into an SLT meeting and somebody will say, right, now, so we're going to do the uh, initial meetings. And obviously, by the time you get around to that, it's already half term has gone by. <laughs> you know, you've got a year to do this cycle. You, I want to be ready to be up and running and not waiting for, you know, thinking about planning when somebody else has made the decision we're going to do something. Just coming back to those live cases as well, I suppose, mm -hmm. and linking back to has everyone come back? So I was making sure you touch base with anyone who's off sick. Yeah. Because it's easy to forget that I've started, you know, in September in jobs and people mm -hmm. haven't come back and someone went, oh, they're off sick. Did nobody tell you? And no one spoke to them or, you know, sometimes yeah. things do fall through the cracks. So if they aren't in the building, you know why, you know, maybe a keeping in touch call might be a good idea. Maybe not on the first day, that's obviously. Really I know it's really idea, busy, yeah. but, you know, just in case. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good idea. I've written that down. I should have got one of my many highlighters and, you know, your highlighter sure collection that. is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they did that many colours in highlighters. I really didn't. Oh, it's just amazing. I think it's, though, I think I'd actually confuse myself if I used them all. I wouldn't know what scheme was going on then. <laughs> 23 highlighters in a rack. Wow. <laughs> okay, so that's HR. What's next? Mm -hmm. Okay, data. So it's kind of our bread and butter, really. It's why we're we're in schools. It's just... We're going to have a lot of pupil records. We've got a lot of staff records. They all need to be updated potentially. Um, pupil leavers need to be dealt with. Those files may have gone off to um, other schools um, mm -hmm. if you're a primary school. It depends on your processes in your region. Um, it could also be that you're a secondary school and you have to archive them. 
Uh, same with staff leaders. There's a whole sort of records management retention protocol um, going on there. Uh, and it's a good time because it's just that natural line in the sand, really, of moving forward. And we physically move files. We're not quite paperless here yet either. We physically move files from year group vault draws to the next year group. Mm. Um, so there's that process. But it's a good time to make sure things are in the right place. Often files get put back in the wrong place and then you can't find them. So a lot of data protection work around that. We use the autumn term for data collection exercises just to make sure that everything's up to date. And one of the things we include on our, well, a couple of things we include on our staff forms now are um, next of kin and uh, car registration, mm. mainly because we've had issues with both of those things. It's all very well and good saying this is your, you know, this is your name, this is your address, this is your phone number, is that right? But actually, we had an instance where the, somebody was quite ill and we didn't have next to kin on the system. And it had never flagged up because we'd never kind of checked it until we found out that there was a gap. Right. Um, and the same happened when somebody blocked someone in the car park and they changed their car and we didn't know. So it's just, and these have, you know, these things have come out of things that have gone wrong. Yeah. So that's what we do. So we have quite a comprehensive data collection process. Um, the other thing that we do is, obviously focus on free school meal administration now is absolutely critical because the government have moved the um, the eligibility numbers, is that what you call it? I don't know, from January to the October census for pupil premium grant. You need to get your free school meal eligible children on your management information system by the beginning of October. Mm. And that's critical. And the problem for me, particularly in a primary school, is that um, reception year one and year two are all entitled to a free lunch anyway. So why would you fill in a form with your national insurance number and your date of birth on it? Your yeah. parent, if you're, so there's no incentive to do that. So we've worked really hard, you know, we've sent letters and we've, you know, we try and encourage them. And we've talked about the fact that, you know, every child that gets it, it means more money for the overall pot and, course then they want to know where their 1345 pounds is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what we've spent for their on their child for that so you know yeah. it's all that sort of communications around that but we're we've actually um are now incentivizing that process so you know we've got a small time window that we need to get all of that new paperwork in especially for new reception and we want to know about allergies and and authorized collectors and passwords and health information and so to do that what we've done this year is said to parents that came in for our open day or then were offered places they said this is your forms pack we've gone back to paper this year to see something different if you fill this form in by x date we will order you a brand new school jumper Good so idea. they get a free jumper so they get the forms they get a free jumper now we've got a, a pan of 90 i think the jumpers are probably about 10 or 11 pounds so it's probably going to cost me a thousand pounds to do that and I'm not, it's not going to cost me £1,000 because we're not going to fill the forms in. But if I get one pupil premium child extra out of that, I'm already ahead of the game. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing with reception. We'll see how it works this year. Um, we may go back and think about incentives for year ones and year twos that might have missed the boat on that. Um, it's not been as bad in the last year because of the free school meal voucher scheme because of COVID. Lots of people signed up because... They didn't get the vouchers if they weren't signed up. But yeah, it is something that it's just it's it's going to be more and more key. And every penny counts. And if they're not on for October, then, you know, you lose out for the following. I mean, it doesn't even start that financial year till April. 
So the the lag effect of it is almost 18 months mm. of not doing it. So it's not great. And then the other thing really about data was just some stuff around ICT equipment. So if you, and again, it links back to finance and purchasing and all those sort of things. But if you have bought new IT equipment and you're disposing of hardware, make sure you do it properly. So, you know, the the GDPR rules are really clear. You have to have, you know, you have to dispose of data in an appropriate manner and you need to get that certificated. So you need to contact an appropriate recycling or refuse provider mm. for that. Just, just thinking of all the information that goes through a school, though, like you say, obviously, we talked about GDPR on another podcast with Lisa. But, yeah, just thinking of handling all of that information, again, September being the time where everything shifts again, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's... um. It's just juggling, isn't it? And I think, you know, even thinking about this podcast and thinking about these sort of categories, you just think, crikey, there is so much going on. And, you know, superheroes, we've talked about it before, but, you know, there's an awful lot to do. And, you know, if this helps just even one person think, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that, then that's great. But, you know, obviously... There's a lot of very competent people out there and we don't want to be, I'm not teaching anyone to suck eggs, hopefully. Just just a bit of an aid memoir. No, I agree. And I think, like you say, people might be listening thinking, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Right, no, I feel better now because I've got all those things. So even if you yeah. haven't forgot anything and you've done them, then at least by the end of listening to this, you'll be like, yes, I know what I'm doing. It's done. I'm fine. Go and have a gin. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us on to the last one then, which is obviously the most scintillating and exciting but health and safety. Oh, yes. And it is just, it is, oh, I think people have their, um, the bits they like and the bits they don't like. It's the, the whole, that whole bit, I find it really hard. And it's been a, it's been a bigger deal for me since we moved over to the RPA, the risk protection arrangement from the DFA for our insurance, because there is a lot of fabulous CPD that's run on behalf of the DFE for that. But it all focuses on what would happen if somebody took you to court. It's always talking about liability and talking about documenting what your processes and your procedures. And this goes back right to the beginning of that declaration form. Because it is really important and we're getting more and more risk averse. So the key really is, I think at the start of the year, when it's fresh for everyone, I include some health and safety work in, in my staff briefings and training. Um, we always, as I said before, we update our fire plans and evacuation procedures and I make sure that that goes out to every room. I tell people that they should read it and they understand what they should do in the event of a fire. Um, I do take that time at the beginning of September before the children are in to review works over the summer if I haven't had the opportunity to do it and get them signed off. Um, as early as possible in September, at this, almost at before the inset days start, if possible, I encourage um, sort of an SLT premises team site work, walk as early as possible. Just really, so it gives my team a bit of capacity to do any final fixes. So yeah. there'll be a wall that needs painting, or there'll be a bit of furniture that needs moving, or there'll be a wire that needs sorting out, or there'll be something else that needs doing. So it's just, there's a little window of opportunity before... We go back into completely reactive mode. Someone's been sick in the carpet type mm. activities. And then fire I've talked about, but making sure that we've appointed fire marshals and also what how we cascade our responsibilities. So we have a system where we, we actually have three muster points because of the geography of our school. 
Um, and the head teacher leads on one and um, two other members of SLT are in the two other areas. But what happens if those three people are off site? Yeah. And who steps up and how we manage that? So we, we, I think we still need to get better at this, but cascading those those arrangements. So I arranged for some middle leaders to go on some fire marshal training. And the intention is that they step up in the event that all of SLT are off site. But it's managing that and just making sure that people are aware that we have a group responsibility and who then makes the calls if they need to, that sort of mm. thing. Because you don't think about these things until um, it happens. And I suppose that links as well to a much bigger thing around business continuity. You know, I think we've proved over the last 18 months that we're pretty good at business continuity in a crisis. So our plans, I bet they look amazing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> At and first we're like, is, well, what do you mean, what if that happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who'd ever thought there'd be a global pandemic? And I just not, didn't re- write that on my plan. Yeah. Um, but so much of your plan is because of your experiences and things yeah. that have happened. So... Yeah, we just just look at that. Think about what needs to happen. Do you have uh, people's phone numbers correct? Because staffing changes on that. You know, governors change, contacts in the local authority change, whatever. Phone numbers change. So just review all of that and think about keeping everybody safe. As you were talking, I thought about pupil information coming in, and when you talked about data, but also mm-hmm. in terms of their any medical conditions or medicines that they need to be taking yeah. and making sure all of that's updated and circulated appropriately to your yeah. first aiders and things like that. Oh, and, you know, just if you getting that system right is so challenging. It's really hard, you know, and then you try something new every single year. You think, oh, I'll just try this or I'll just try that. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really difficult, I think, to, to make sure everybody knows everything. Yes. Because I feel like that's our job. In everything that you've said here, it's getting up to speed so we can, mm-hmm. you know, be ready for other people to impart that wisdom or to check on things or to keep things moving. Or, you know, we are very much the centre of, of all of these things. And if any head teachers, you know, are listening to this, this podcast is a great example of what business managers do, you know, mm-hmm. and this is before they even sit down at the desk, you know, in yeah. terms of all of the, the scope of this role is huge. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. And I think, you know, we can inform and we can get them to sign pieces of paper and we can tell people what they should be doing. But Mm -hmm. people will, they've got so much in their minds of their role and their expertise that they, you know, they will come and say, oh, what do I do if, you know, I have a data breach or if I see a fire or, and that's good. I'd rather they came and asked me. I'd rather we talked about it so they knew it's something that's important. And then that they knew that they could come and ask me and I have to keep it front of mind. That's my job to be that receptacle of, of knowledge. Yes, that was very good. We are receptacles of knowledge. Receptacles I like that. of knowledge, yes. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about remembering who you are, leadership and management, how to plot the year, talked about all things finance, compliance, HR, data and health and safety. If there's any message that you want to leave with anyone listening now, all school business leaders listening, what would it be? Probably you're not alone. You know, it's such, it is a lot. It's a big ask. I mean, we've, we've definitely talked about this before you and I, but you know, Mm. it is a lot to do. And I think, you know, for those aspiring SBMs, it's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. They're thinking, what have I just signed up for? (laughs) I I mean, I haven't even started on things like Legionella. 
<laughs> and asbestos <laughs> management. You know, that's a whole different day's talk. Um, but it it's you're not alone, and there are there is support out there. You know, people. You know, people can ask me things. People can ask you things. You know, there's a great mm. community. We talk about Twitter all the time. You know, there are Facebook groups. But just go and ask because actually people really like sharing their knowledge as well. Yes. And we need that connection. Like you say, it is a lonely role and it is about getting tips and inspiration and mm-hmm. being motivated and, and all of that. But it is about just talking. It's just nice to speak to other SBLs, isn't it? Who yeah. know Who know the role inside out, who know what you're talking about. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think the community is phenomenal. So, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm so I'm so pleased that I found you all. And I'm so well, proud I'm that, that you found us too. I know. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> okay, Shirley. So if people do want to actively seek you out, mm-hmm. ask you questions or have a chat, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter is probably the best place. I'm at Shirley C. Ahmed. I do have LinkedIn, but I'm not very good at it. So it's probably not the place to go. Um, you know, or if they get in touch with you, you can you can refer them to me as well. That's absolutely fine. Absolutely. So anyone listening who's not on Twitter, I will say it again. I have said it millions of times on this podcast before. If you're not on Twitter, please join. Come and find us. We are nice. We do like cake. We do like gin. We do talk about things other than business management as well, we don't do. we, Shirley? We do. <laughs> we have fun. Okay, thank you so much for joining me again, Shirley. I've really enjoyed it. Another great episode, and I know everyone will get so much value from it. So yeah, thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you so much, Laura. Take care. Bye-bye. Whatever September or the year ahead has in store for you, I have got no doubt in my mind that you are ready for it, that you have all the tools you need to get the job done. And not only that, you have the support of me and the SBL community to help you find the answers you need and to help you keep going. If you've got any questions for Shirley, her details are in the show notes at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. And my details are in there too. If you feel anxious or you're worried about anything at all, and you need someone to talk to, swear at, or have a coffee with to gather your thoughts, please do get in touch. The role may be lonely, but you are not alone. If you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a review already. I read and appreciate every single one. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. The show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.